Um, you know you're going to get a proverb from me. Uh, verse 23 is the one I picked today. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Good one. Today we're going to start a new series um, that's going to go for about four weeks. I'm going to talk about prayer and um, how we learn to, to pray with power and passion and growing intimacy with God. I, you know, I, 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 I'll tell you a little bit um, about you know, sermon prep for me is kind of a, I mean, I spend a lot of time on a typical sermon, or a lot of time. In fact, the more time I study, the shorter the sermon gets. So you want me studying a lot, right? That's, the, that's kind of your, your deal in this. And, um, and, and when I start a new series, it's extra time before the first one, because I kind of put together the outline for the whole thing, and then I have to study and prepare for that first sermon. So that was this week's plan for me. And I had pr- probably put about two days worth into this week's message, quite a bit of time and effort, and that's when my computer crashed. And I lost everything that I'd done for two days. Plus, I had to, you know, if you've had this problem with a computer before, you know what you've got to do to pull, put the pieces back together. You take all that time getting your pieces put back together. In my case, it took a day and a half because it failed twice, and on the third time it worked again. Praise you, God. I just finally put my hands up. I said, Lord, I need this tool. And so I don't know what happened there, but, you know, I, I guess that prayer was... Anyway, so... so I came to this sense, and there were other things going on at my house. My dishwasher broke, which is, you know, anything with plumbing is my nemesis. I'm going to talk a little bit about plumbing today. But I had my, then I looked at my iPad. Now, maybe you don't have an iPad, but I kind of depend on it as a tool for me. And I looked at the corner of my iPad. It's cracked. But fortunately, it's under Apple Care, so there's a solution. But it's more time. I mean, this, all these kinds of things kept going on this week. It's like, it's like I, I, I had the sense that hell does not want... What's going to come out here? And as I studied this through, um, if I was going to drill down and tell you, here's the one thing, don't, don't miss this today. If I tell you that, I could just tell you that you could go home. How many want to just hear that and go home? Okay. So, but when I got to that point, I started to realize, okay, I can see why the resistance. I really believe hell does not want what's coming out here to land in your souls. And the reason is because if it does... If you can capture what the Word teaches us on this topic, you're going to be different. You're going to be effective. You're going to be a dramatic, powerful influencer of people around you and and a partner with God to change lives, not just around you, but yours. So, um, boy... Not talk about talking something up. I better deliver now. But, I, but I'm just I'm just saying there's there's just been this resistance. So I'm really glad to be at this moment ready to do this. So how many of you really really I was just if you're really transparent, you you really believe in the in, in in the fact that the Lord hears prayers and He answers them, but you probably don't pray as much as you should. That's me. Yeah. Okay. So okay. All right, so some of you actually do pray as much as you should. Man, I, that's good. Just put me on your list, would you, to pray for? Um, I, mean, I mean, we know that we have a God who, who answers prayers. Here's the prayers of his children. But an awful lot of us, probably the majority, maybe all of us, don't pray as often as we should, we think. I mean, there's probably several reasons why we do that. I mean, really, I mean, honestly, some people just really don't, maybe they don't know how to pray. They they, they lack confidence, you know, am I doing this right? Because this, this sometimes feels a little awkward. Or, and, and, and another reason is sometimes people can actually, they get bored. You know, they, they hear themselves, and I, I hate to admit this, but have you ever actually 
falling asleep while you were praying. I mean, you have to actually be praying to do that. But I mean, I, I've done that before where I, for whatever reason I was going after something and maybe it was early in the morning and I thought, you know, the best way to pray is to absolutely prostrate, my, prostrate myself <laughs> and um, um, lay down. <laughs> you, do know, you don't need me to teach on grace right now, do you? Okay, so I laid down. And I'm thinking, Lord, if I'm just completely, I'll just be on. The, I'll, I, will, I will suck carpet, Lord, for you. That's the last thing that went out of my mind before my, the lights went out, and I don't know what I was dreaming about, but I mean, I've actually fallen asleep before because, I don't know, I mean, so maybe, maybe it's boring to you, or maybe you have a hard time, maybe your personality and temperament is that you have a hard time staying on any one task for very long. I mean, you know, with the very best of intentions, a bit of yarn goes past you, and it grabs your attention, and, you know... You know, you just got to chase it. You just, you just have to go after it. You know, it might be a, a text message tone or um, a, the smell of popcorn or all of a sudden something comes to your mind. You got to write it down so you don't forget it later. And so off you go everywhere except where you were. And I got a feeling because of the way you laugh that some of you are a lot like me in that. You can get praying, but then you get distracted by the cares, legitimate and otherwise, and the cats of life. I mean, the concerns of life. <laughs> and you say, you know, it, 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 it's like this, God, I need a miracle. Miracle. Miracle whip. I could use a sandwich right now. I'm kind of hungry. And, and, and I don't know where you happen to just, just, you know, in just one sentence, I lose focus and I'm off somewhere. And it just happens. And sometimes praying with other people in a group setting can be really awkward. I mean, you know, a character like me will say, hey, you know, hold hands with the people. Grab the hands of the person to your left and you're right. And, you know, somebody you know them or maybe you don't. And for me, I don't know if it's because I'm a pastor or what the deal is, but there's always two people that I hold hands with. One will be the hard hand squeeze guy and the other will be the fishy, um, limp thingy guy, okay? And, 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 and the hard squeeze hand guy the louder whoever's praying gets, the more powerful it gets if he thinks the harder he has to squeeze. So that you know those little toys you squeeze on one side and it pops out the other side? I'm feeling like I'm blowing up because this guy's hand is... And then the other guy's like, you know, is there anything alive in there? Come on, let me... Let me. You know, I mean, and it can be awkward, just the distraction of holding hands. And sometimes, you know, maybe you're praying with other people and you can get really intimidated because somebody else is praying so well. I mean, you're thinking, uh, this guy... It's like, is he like Paul's brother or something? I mean, he, he's, he's saying, you know, it says, your word says, Lord, in Deuteronomy 28, that you're going to bless my coming in and my going out, and that I will never be hungry, and all these things. And you're thinking, oh, man. And, and they're, they're calling down angels, and they're binding up demons. And you're thinking, man, if I was God, I would, I would answer this prayer. That's a good one. I can, and you can't live up to it. And you think, well... I'm not going to let this dude outpray me. So you kind of jump, jump in with whatever it is that you've got, and you say, God, you said in your word you are Jehovah N- Nisan. And, and, if you, and you were, you're so good, God, you're good to the last drop. And like, like you're like a good neighbor. You're always there. And you're so good because you melt in the mouth, not in the hands, and, 
and you, your blood, Lord, it's thicker than water. I mean, you say all of these things and you're trying, but the more you try, the less you like what came out. Now, you'll have to forgive me for that little demonstration. But over the next four weeks, I think God's going to teach us. I think God will move us to a place where we pray with power and with passion. And I want to start today with what I believe are three significant prayer mistakes, okay, that many of us tend to make. The first one is we just talked about. The first one is that we don't pray. First big mistake is, I think that's prob- probably by far our biggest mistake, is that we, we, we just talked about that, though. The other two questions or problems, I think, are, are, are our prayers are often too small. And number three, our prayers are often too general. Our prayers are too small, and our prayers are too general. I mean, I think sometimes God hears these things, and, 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 and I think he might think, you know, I find your lack of faith disturbing. And, and you know, he looks at our prayers, and, 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 you know, we say things like, you know, God, thank you for this day. You know, be with me today, and, you know, bless so-and-so. And sometimes God's wondering, he says, you know, wait a second. Have you not noticed where you live? Have you not noticed the land? There is a lot of blessing there. I've already done that. Okay, there, that's already going on. Or, or you're saying, you know, God, be with us today. And God said, come on, man. I, I, I told you I'd never leave you and forsake you. Give me something big. Give me something where my glory can eke out here. And, uh, you know, and, and we kind of, sometimes I think we undercut the power of our God. The one who said, with me, all things are possible. That, that God, our God. And he says, I could do so much more for you if you just have the faith to ask me. So too often our prayers are very small and they're very general. And I'm going to encourage you to pray big, specific prayers because of this reason. General prayers do not move God to a specific action. I, I read that from a, what another pastor, his commentary. I mean, did a great time studying prayer, but this is so good. General prayers do not move God to specific actions. And I, you know, I, I think James, James tells us that we have not because we ask not. God wants us to be very, give him, I think, very specific requests. You know, and then have the faith to believe that he can do the things that without his interaction, they'd never happen. He wants us to ask for those kinds of things. Then when we see those things happen... Who's going to be able to deny that it was his hand? God will be glorified, and he likes that. He wants us to pray big, faith-filled, specific, and passionate prayers. I read one story about a prayer by um, Martin Luther. Now, this is not the MLK Luther. This is the 1500s Reformation Church Martin Luther, okay? And he's, he's kind of known as the father of Ref- Reformation, and he had an assistant um, his name was Friedrich Myconius, and uh, this, this guy was very important to him. He was helping him do all of the stuff that was going on with the Church Reformation, and, and I won't get to spend a lot of time on that, but it's an interesting study. But Myconius was, became sick. In fact, he became sick unto death, and, and he was pretty much on his deathbed, so he writes this goodbye note to Luther, and he basically says, I love you um, so long. I mean, something like that. And Luther gets that, and uh, he's, he's not satisfied that. But instead of praying just the safe, you know, may the Lord be with you and bless you prayer, he gets on it, and he, and he prays this massive, specific, faith-filled prayer. And, uh, and he writes it, he writes this letter, he writes this prayer in a letter and sends it back to Myconius. I'm going to read part of it to you. <laughs> okay. 
I command you in the name of God to live, because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying, because I seek only to glorify the name of God. Wow, that's pretty specific. He's kind of hung it out there, and he's committed now. Would you say? I mean, I mean, blammo. I mean, he's big and specific. There it is. And, and, and now, by the time this is going on, Myconius had already lost the ability to speak. In fact, um, there was every indication that he was just within hours of death. So, I mean, this was like pretty, pretty far into it. But when Myconius hears this, something engages in his own faith, and um, the guy was supernaturally healed. In fact, he went on to live for six more years. And when he did die... He died two months after Martin Luther died. God responded to this, this very big and very specific you know, faith-filled prayer, and um, you know, that's a demonstration that all things are with God are possible. So we're going to learn to pray and to tap into the power of God. Uh, you know, and, and through this series that we're going to go on, we're going to be looking at the writings of a guy named Paul. Now, in case you, you don't know Paul, Paul uh, wrote an awful lot of the New Testament he was formerly named Saul, and, and God kind of changed his name to Paul. And uh, when he was Saul, he was this guy who hated Christians, chased them down, and killed them. Relevant to what we prayed about earlier. So it just tells you prayer changes things. It changes things. And I believe lives were changed today because we prayed earlier today, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail. Anyway, so he, he chased down and killed Christians, and then one day he meets face-to-face with the grace of God, and he gets transformed. I mean, he becomes somebody different. And, and after that transformation, he's this guy that goes out and he starts churches, and he you know, ends up building Christians up rather than killing them. And um, he, would, you know, he, would, he would start these churches, and then he would write letters to these churches um, instructing them about God's mind on several different things. And those letters in large part, became books in the New Testament. Okay, so that's what was going on with him. And uh, sometimes in those letters, he would actually write out his prayers. So he'd write the letter to this church, but include the, how he was praying for them in the letter so that they would know what his prayer was. And he had this pattern. He'd say, I, you know, he'd, I pray for, and he would give what he was praying for, and, he was, and then he would say, so that, and he'd give the reason. I pray for X so that something would happen. And we see that pattern over and over again. And we're, if we see that pattern, we're going to see that we can pray with purpose. And, um, you know, for example, he would say, God, for this very reason, I ask you to do so-and-so um, that will happen in the world. So the first prayer we're going to look at that he wrote was, um, was written around the year 60 AD. He was in jail. He was in a Roman prison, and he writes this letter to the church in Ephesus. Now, Ephesus was a place that in today's geography, you would find it roughly in Turkey. Um, but um, he's writing to this place called Ephesus, and the people who lived in Ephesus were called Ephesians. Okay, so you get it. Uh, and and, and uh, Ephesus was a pretty famous place. It had a, a temple, the Temple of Artemis there, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and you can look that up if, if you like history and that's your thing. But So he's writing a letter to the Christians in that city, and, um, and he says this in Ephesians 3, starting in verses 14 and 15, and I will give you, if you didn't bring your Bible, I encourage you to do that, um, but if you didn't, we're going to help you out with the scriptures on the wall. He said, verse 14, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, by the way, I'm not going to really teach on that verse 15 there, from every family in heaven and earth derives its name, but basically what that's talking about is that, hey, you might know us as the Fisher family. 
God is basically declaring that every human being on earth is his family. Okay, so, but that's not the teaching for today. I just want to, don't want you to get hung up on that topic. I've way oversimplified it, but okay, we can let that go, right? So for this reason, I kneel before the Father. When you pray, you know, you can pray in any posture that you feel comfortable and authentic praying. There is not a formula for how you should look physically when you pray. You can pray standing, you can pray sitting, you can pray kneeling, you can pray laying down. You can pray while you're driving. But if you're going to pray while you're driving, we're going to do what Jesus said. We will watch and pray. You get that, right? So don't pray with your eyes closed while you're driving. And now for a Jewish man at the time of Paul, the, the tradition when you would pray to God would be to stand up and put your palms up before God, and you would pray like that. And I'm not sure, that's, that's not a scriptural mandate. It's a, probably a social um, issue of their day, and it's fine. Um, but that's, that was what they were doing. But in this particular case, that's not what he does. He decides to kneel before God in prayer. And I think it's appropriate that you pick the position, physical position that you're going to get in um, based upon your intent, your heart, what it is that's in your soul and, and, and maybe the need of your prayer. I mean, because, for example, when we, when we would kneel before God, it's like saying, God, I, I give you completely due reverence. I, I, just, I, I revere you, Lord, and I'm worshiping you. And I confess the fact that my weaknesses and your strengths, I, I acknowledge that. And I think for a lot of people, kneeling helps us to focus. And it's never to be meant as a display. Now, you might notice we pray here in our services, and sometimes we'll pray while you're seated, sometimes we'll pray while you're standing. And in a lot of churches, there will, they'll say, you know, you'll get it at your place and you kneel. The only reason we don't typically do that here is because if we say to you, hey, kneel, for most of you, that will be extremely physically difficult. The, the rows are a little too close, and you you know you you got a southbound tail and a northbound face, and you know, just the stuff that goes on. It just becomes that was terrible. Erase that whole thing. But you get my point. I mean, it's just it's just not comfortable. But it's but there's nothing wrong with it. And at times I've seen people here, and you know we don't call you to do it, but but if if, if we're praying or something, it's if you feel it during worship that you need to 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 kneel before the Lord, then do it, do it. As long as the point is to be authentic before the Lord and um, it doesn't disrupt, disrupt or distract people from, from their relationship with Jesus, you know, it's, that's the whole thing. Go ahead and do it. And so, so Paul says, for this reason I kneel before my father. Then in verse 16, here we go. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, and I want to stop there for a minute um, th- on this out of his glorious riches, because he's declaring something here about every spiritual blessing that, that is in the heavenly realm, is available. It's available to God's kids. If you backed up into Ephesians 1, he says in verse 3, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms. That's an amazing thing if you think that through. Every spiritual blessing. He's already made it available to us. And that's the God that we're, we're praying to. And then in Philippians 4.19, it says, My God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Over and over and over, he tells us in his word, about his riches that are available to his children. Okay? Yet, so many of us, many of us you know, live like we're spiritually you know, almost impoverished. And he desires to give those blessings to it, yet we often pray these small and general prayers. And Paul says, you know, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. 
Why do you pray that? Well, now he tells us. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And now this is the first time that we see this, you know, I pray, I pray so that pattern that we talked about for the first time. He says, you know, I pray that my God may strengthen you with power, that he may strengthen you with power. I pray that my God may strengthen you with power. And that Greek word there translated power is, we've seen it in other places, it's dynamis. It's, it's where we get our word dynamite. And, 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 the, and it means explosive, miraculous, the power of God. It's not some kind of human power. Okay, it's the power of God. He says, I pray that he may strengthen you with dunamis, with supernatural power, and it's available to us. And I, to just be really transparent with you, I need that power. I need that kind of power when I preach. I need that kind of power when I parent. I still parent. I do. I, so, so do you. When, you. when your kids grow up and move away, you don't stop parenting. And you don't only parent your own children. I need that kind of power when I parent. I need that kind of power when I have a relationship with people. I need that kind of power when the same temptations assault me day after day after month after month after year after year and there are things that I should have in my rearview mirror, but they continue to chase me. How's that for transparency? I need that kind of power. I need dunamis. And um, I need more than I can conjure up in my own physical capabilities. I need power. And Paul says that, you know, I pray that out of his glorious glorious riches that my God would strengthen you with dunamis. It's available to us. Yet so many times we pray these general, we're just not tapping into the power that's available. There There was this time a number of years ago in our house. We had all of our kids at home at the time. And I was completely discouraged because you, need, you know now um, that plumbing is my absolute nemesis. I mean, if I touch it, it will either break or leak. There's no alternative. I mean, sometimes when I use the faucet, it's okay. But, but if I do something with a tool or I twist this, I just don't know how far you twist it. You know, just enough so that it doesn't leak and a little bit more and something snaps off. And it snaps off in a terrible place. And, um, I, you know, I've made up words. <laughs> and I've said words that I heard Lisa say. <laughs> I think horse feathers comes to mind. But, I mean, you know, I, I just don't do them. And so our garbage disposal quit working. You'd push the button, it would go, mm, but not, you know. And I'm thinking this through, okay, I don't mind the electrical part here, but there's plumbing involved, and it doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to break stuff. This terrible negative attitude. I mean, can you believe it? And I know it's going to leak when I get done, plus I'm going to break the P-trap or whatever the trap is, and just, it's just not going to come out well for me. And um, I, could, I know she looked at me, and she saw the pain in my face. She knew it. At this point now, the kids have all scurried, scurried like cockroaches when the light come on. They don't want to be around Dad if he's plumbing because it's just not a happy place. <laughs> it's not. And, um, you know, I'm, they're getting out towels for the blood and all the kind of stuff that's going to happen. And Lisa, in her mercy, said, it's okay, just leave it. I'm telling you, I wimped out. I said, okay, all right, I'm just not going to fix it. And so we didn't fix it. And we went for a while. And days turned into weeks and months. And for a long time, we had no garbage disposal. 
all of the wives are going, you loser. <laughs> okay, all right. So, I mean, I let it go, and then, you know, I think one day there was something else that was dripping underneath there, and I thought, you know, I can't, I can't let it... <laughs> I can live without a disposal, but I can't live with mold and rot and all this other stuff, so I've got to stop the leak. So I'm down underneath the sink, and I'm doing that thing where you twist around and you can't fit in there, and it hurts your back, and... I'm just getting angry thinking about it. And so, I, so I'm down there, and while I'm down there, I find this little L-shaped metal thing. This little, it's a tool of some sort. Now I'm upside down, and the light's in my eyes, and stuff's dripping in my face, and my son-in-law is laughing at me right now. And I, I'm looking down, and here's this little tool. And I look at that tool, and I've got my nose right under the bottom of the garbage disposal. And the end of the tool looks exactly like this spot on the bottom of the garbage disposal. I pick up the tool and I think, this goes in there. It's just a lever. It breaks loose. I get up, crawl around, push the button. The garbage disposal is running like it's picking, spanking brand new. All this time. The power was right there. It was right there. And I just didn't make the simplest little thing happen, twist a little lever. That's how low my plumbing IQ is. And it's also sometimes how low my faith IQ is. Because it's right there. There's this tool, and it's right there. And the Lord says, all your needs according to my riches and glory. All that time, I never tapped into it. And you know, I, I, part of what I'm here to do today is to tell somebody... There's more power available to you. There is more power. And through the Holy Spirit, out of our Heavenly Father's glorious riches, if you'll call on it, if you'll, if you'll just ask him. And Paul says, I pray that you'll have power so that Christ may dwell within your hearts through faith. In verse 17, he continues, he says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, Now, if I'm going to have roots in anything, I'll take love. That's the good thing. Verse 18, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. Now, you're going to need that power to grasp what he talks about next. Okay? How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Wow. Why do you need power to know how much he loves you? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Those two words, surpasses knowledge, surpasses is hoop or ballo. It's, it's, um, it, means, it's, it means beyond the mark. Okay, So it's beyond the limit. It's beyond the measurement. It's outside of measurement. And knowledge is the word gnosis, which can be translated as understanding or knowledge or even science. Okay? Wow. So that you may have power with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Have you ever looked around and, and thought, you know, why do they have this thing so successfully going on spiritually and I don't? Why, why do they seem to have a some kind of peace, and I don't. Or they have this assurance, and I don't. They've got something that, that I don't have. And maybe it's because they actually do have something that you don't have, but you could have it 
if you wanted to ask for it. Having all that God has available to you comes from a supernatural understanding of the love of God. Do you understand that? I'm going I'm to read that again slowly. Having all that God has available to you comes from a supernatural, supernatural is the key there, supernatural understanding of the love of God. So here's what that translates to. You cannot naturally understand God's love. It must be supernaturally revealed. You can't. Our finite minds just lack the capacity. I mean, that description in there of how high and how deep and how wide and all of that, I mean, it's, 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 it's an approximation that we can understand that it's an approximation of something. But we just can't comprehend, comprehend on our own how much God loves us. That's why, parents, one of the most important prayers you can pray for your kids, one of the most important, is that God would give them the power to understand how much he loves them. Give them, Lord, the power to understand how much you love my kids. I pray that over my daughter, Rachel. Lord, give her the power to understand how much you love her. I pray that over my son, Jason. Lord, give him the power to understand how much you love him. And, and what happens is, when they understand how much God loves them, their approval comes from God. It doesn't have to come from men anymore. And then all of these pressures to do this, to be this, to act like this, that they'll never live up to, that will draw them away from God, they don't matter anymore because they don't live for the approval of people. They live for the approval of God because they know and they understand supernaturally how much God loves them. That's why spouses, you know, one of the best things you pray for your spouse, for your mate, is that they would have the power to understand how much God loves them. That they'll, that, that, then they can be drawn into this loving relationship with God. They can be transformed. You cannot naturally understand this. It has to be supernaturally revealed. That's why anytime I try to talk in this pulpit to you about the love of God, I fail miserably because it can't be done. It doesn't stop me from trying, and I'm going to try again. But it really can't be done. I mean, with God, love is not the things that he does. Love is, love is who he is. It's his very essence. God is love. He's love. It's not what he does. It's who he is. And, and when you understand that with God's supernatural help, and then, then you stand in this point of strength where you know that there is nothing you can do that will make him love you more, and there is also nothing you can do that will make him love you less. Nothing. He doesn't love me because of what I do. He loves me because of who he is. He's love. And then Christianity isn't something that I do on Sunday. It's the essence of who I am and who I'm called to be because as a follower of Christ, I have a power that dwells within me. And it lives in my inner being. And suddenly I'm not living for the things of this world. That's why sometimes you'll meet people and um, you know, you're thinking in your mind and maybe you'll say to them, how do you stay so calm? I heard what the doctor just said to you. This is not good news. And you know what happens? They have power. They have, they've got this power. And, and they twisted the little tool. They did it. And too many people today, you know, just, they, they, they worship this spiritually rich, glorious Heavenly Father, but they lived like spiritually impoverished children. And why is that? It's, it's because we haven't tapped into the, what He has available to us. 
in the heavenly realms. So one of the most important prayers we can pray for people we love is that they'll have the power to understand how much God loves them. Hope you caught that. And I, I'm praying that, you know, for our church, that people in this church would have a deeper and more meaningful place with the Lord. And it wouldn't just be, you know, we would come to church and we would sing a song. And I'm not accusing anybody of this, but my desire is, is that we would instead, we would be actually dwelling in the presence of God. You know, and, and saying, you know, I hear his voice. I, I'm, I, I know his spirit is guiding me. I've got these dilemmas. I've got some important decisions, but I have a sense of peace that the Lord's going to order my steps because, you know, and when I read the word of God, it can literally jumps off at me. It, it leaps out of the pages and it speaks to my soul. It doesn't educate me. It's, it, it, it encourages me. It, sometimes it convicts me and moves me away from my sins. And sometimes it, it, it gives me a pathway to, to the right places I'm supposed to be. And I have faith to do things that otherwise would just be impossible. I, I, I pray that for you, that you would have supernatural power and that kind of an encounter and kind of relationship with the Lord. Then, you know, that day when things will start to change. When they, 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 they change in our life because, you know, maybe, maybe for years you've been dissatisfied and you, you've, you've, you've got a lot of blessings, it's true, but there is just, you see so much more that you like and maybe for years you've been battling depression or, you know, loneliness or sense of inadequacy or, you know, and, and suddenly those things, they start to melt away. Why? Because of the power of God that's dwelling in you. The, this very power. It's, it's the same spirit. That power is the same spirit that rise, raised Christ from the grave. And um, your identity then isn't based on what you have or what you do, but it's based on what God thinks about you. And, and it's because you have this deep assurance about his love because it's been supernaturally poured into your soul by him, by the Lord. And you're never the same. And then when his power dwells in you, you you aren't praying things like, Lord, keep us safe today and bless this food and be with us. I mean, I pray those things sometimes, okay? But that's not what the Lord wants to hear from us. I mean, you know, because many of us would say, you know, that's what I pray and that's all I can think of at the moment. Amen. Instead, you're praying for big things. You know, big things. Instead of, you know, your kids go to school for the day, Lord, keep them safe and bring them home, home safely to me, which is fine. Stick that in the prayer. Cover your kids. But instead, go way beyond. Lord, I pray that your spirit would embolden them today, that they would be able to stand for righteousness. They would be influencers of people around them rather than being influenced. That they would be able to stand for their faith, that you would give them the words that they need at the time that they need them to bring life and hope into a situation, that they would be bold about their their faith. Don't you want that for you? I mean, pray that for your kids. Pray for your kids that they would be influencers of the world rather than being influenced by the world. Start there. We um, <clears throat> prayed over our children. I, I'm not boast about this, but I was afraid for my kids to go to school without being prayed for. Not because of the school, because they were going out into the world. Schools aren't evil places, right? You, you all get this, right? I'm not suggesting it, but our kids go away, and they're out there and all these influences, and they're outside of your clutch, for that, those few hours. Pray that your children would be influencers rather than influenced. Amen. And then you be the influencer in their life. You, you let God be the influencer in their life. And you pray those big prayers. You, you, you know, Lord, help me with my bills this month. Okay, but don't stop there. 
Lord, your word says that I will never go begging. Your word says that you have glorious riches, that you're going to meet all of my needs in Christ Jesus. I'm standing on that, Lord, and I don't just want you to meet my needs, but Lord, I want to be a generous person. Lord, bless me so that I can see the needs around me and bless people who have needs. I Big prayers, not pay my electric bill, God. You need your electric bill paid. I'm not saying don't pray that. I'm saying go past that. Get to something big. That's where God's waiting to hear. He's waiting to hear that from us. I just know it. You know, or this pain-filled prayer, Lord, get to my husband. He's a jerk. (laughs) I mean, I know maybe you don't pray those prayers, but I know that resonates and it has, or maybe it has resonated. Okay, Lord, he's a jerk. He hurts me. But go beyond that. Lord, touch his heart. Transform him. Draw him to you. Give him a hunger for your word. Transform him so that he becomes a follower of yours. Make him a man after your heart, God. Make him to be someone who grows to become a leader in this family, who would lead my family, our family, to the things of heaven. Pray big prayers for your husband. Pray big prayers for your wife. And then believe that God, listen, that is praying in the accordance of the will of God. There are promises that talk about that. You pray in the Lord's will. It's going to happen. Go get it. I'm getting amped up here. I don't normally get this amped up. Pray big prayers. <laughs> pray specific. You know, believe in the God who says all things are possible. So let me show you how Paul wraps this up, and we're, we're, we're coming to our end here. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Catch this. God says you can't even measure this. You can't measure it, okay? Then more than we all... At, we, more than, than all we ask or imagine. Okay, think up in your mind right now what you'd... Think of something big. God can do more than that. Dream bigger. How big are you dreaming? He can do more than that. Immeasurably more. That's crazy. According to his power that is at work within us. Catch that, within us. Within us. His power is at work within us. That's where the power is. That power is not sitting in a transformer in heaven waiting for you to point your finger and say, okay, power, go over there. That power, is, it says right here, it's within us. To him be the glory in the church, the church he mentions here, of course, because Christ loves his bride, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see the faith in that prayer. I mean, this isn't God, you know, help me through the day, help me through the week. This is God Change generations. That's a big prayer. Because God can do exceedingly and abundantly, immeasurably more than you and I can ask, think, or imagine. Who has that kind of faith? I mean, who has that kind of faith is somebody who has the power of God dwelling in them. And I believe with all my heart that you, that this church, could be filled with people who have been touched by the power of God and have the faith to believe big things bigger things, specific things, and God will do the impossible. Now I'm going to pray, and um, we're going to close the service, and I want to let you know about prayer. This isn't new. We always have trusted leaders available to pray with you if you'd like, and they're hanging around up here towards the end of service, and and, um, um, sometimes they have name tags on. I don't know if they do. they have name tags on today? Yeah, okay, way to go, prayer team. Um, And you, you don't have to tell them what you want them to pray for, or you can. 
You can pray, they can pray for a request. If you open your heart to the Lord and you just want to pray with someone, you should do that. If you'd like to move into the deeper giftings that Scripture talks about, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives out, go talk to them about it and let them pray with you. Scripture says that if you, being imperfect, you humans being imperfect, know how to give your children good gifts, how much more will, you, will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? So let somebody faith-filled pray with you. Lord, I want to thank you for um, answered prayer. I want to thank you for the fact that your love is immeasurable and that, Lord, you invite us into the treasury. And the treasury isn't stacks of gold, but it's better than that. And it it includes that too. But Lord, I, I just thank you, God, that you are the faithful one who hears our prayers and answers them. God, I pray today for us, your kids, that there would be something of a new freshness to our prayers. There would be something of new invigoration where we choose, God, to trust that your word promises it, then we can actually lean into it. And even you want us to remind you of the promises you made to us about us. So fill us, Lord, with faith. Your word says that without faith, it's impossible to please you. So we step into that, Lord, but we also ask God for that supernatural understanding about how much you love us. I pray that over these people in this room Mm -hmm. and that are hearing this message, that they would supernaturally know how much you love us. And that not only would we catch it, Lord, but we would have the ability to, to pray that prayer over other people and they would receive it as well.